Some of you uh, may have seen the programme on RTE television last night on the last priests in Ireland. Tonight, there's a follow-up or a second part. They're focusing on the last nuns in this country. Ahead of that, our reporter Josh Crosby has been speaking to those who've chosen this way of life. I kind of had maybe a childhood call, I suppose, to, to, to the priesthood and always had my faith, even though I questioned it as a teenager. But as a, as a teacher then, and particularly preparing a confirmation class each year, uh, it really came to the fore again and I felt a, a very strong call at that stage. So it, it, it was a slow burner because I gave a long time saying, I'm not going to follow this this urge. or there was, There's no voice coming from the sky or anything like that but my prayer life was developing and with it a kind of a magnetic pull towards the priesthood and quite clear when it was in my head and I was wrestling with it and didn't want it but I was in the class one day and I was wrestling with this and one of the kids put up his hand and said teacher I think you'd make a great priest and I was like oh Uh, (laughs) and and I was getting little uh, hints like that so as I say it was a slow burner and I was reluctant I left school very early at age 16 with leaving cert in hand and never really envisioned doing anything other than going into the family business, which was in horticulture. So I was 23 years working in the family business and I had always had a yen to, to do a degree, so went as a mature student to England. And it was really there that I suddenly had a, what I would describe as an aha moment when I realised that really I had been on the top of my professional tree already and that the pursuit of a great deal of wealth and so on really did not attract me. So I suppose I was looking for something different and having always been an observant Catholic, I wouldn't say I was overly religious. For whatever reason, God kind of reeled me in, Josh. (laughs) A calling, a vocation, a sense of purpose. Call it what you will. Priests and nuns have dedicated their lives to making sacrifices and serving the Catholic Church. I'm in Tipperary to meet with Father Vincent Stapleton, one of Ireland's youngest priests. He's also a fan of the Hurley and Slitter. I had a very good life and I was hurling and I was in love my teaching. So, so I loved that. And I didn't want to upset that apple cart, my, my comfortable life, by taking on this and heading off to seminary away from my family for six or seven years. And you mentioned the hurling there. Do you still swap the collar for the jersey now and again? Or do you still talk out? I, I, I still talk out and um, mostly playing junior C. It's fair car crash stuff now. It's all like 17, 18 year olds who are trying to make the bigger teams. And then the lads falling off the edge like myself and like my joints are all creaky. And uh, so, but we really enjoyed it. And we actually played silver mines in the last match. They beat us. But a young fella, and I'm not sure do I know him anyway, but he gave me a right dunt into the chest. And he's delighted. He was smiling down. And then he goes, I'm sorry, Father. But uh, sure, that, that's the rough and tumble of it. Like, and I'm well used to the hurling field anyway. So, so having that life where you are lining out with your friends and your, your teammates from years gone by, how do you see your role in the community now today? It, it still is a very big role. In spite of everything that's happened and the falling off of faith over the last 30, 40 years or so, like I still visit the schools and I love doing that because of the teaching background and everything. The kids are, you know, they're, they're tremendous. Uh, I'm involved in all sorts of different ministries. Like I would still uh, have great interactions and the sport is very helpful for that to be prominent in people's lives. And actually, I had to try to pull back and focus more on the ministry side of things to be part of the community and see what people are doing to keep the 
the spirit and ethos of you know those clubs alive it's, it's great to be a part of that as well Father Vincent Stapleton is in his early 40s and keeps up a busy schedule in Thurless across the country there are around 2,000 priests working in 26 dioceses in more than 1,350 parishes with fewer men being ordained the role of women in the church is being refocused they have to loosen up and they have to use a laity, involve more people. They haven't got the people to support them. And what about yourself? Was there ever a consideration? Of- no way. Are you joking? I wouldn't last a minute. Currently there are 64 seminarians studying for the priesthood in Maynooth. When it comes to the women who have followed their vocation, there are more than 4,000 nuns in Ireland. This is half of what it was 20 years ago. However, those practising the faith have hope for the future. I spoke with Sister Fikra Nutty from the Cistercian Order at St Mary's Abbey in Waterford. Sister Fikra says it was later in life when she decided to follow her path. Well, it was interesting, let's say, to arrive. I was coming up to my 44th birthday, I think, when I landed here. I made the novice mistress smile when I told her that I was here in spite of, not because of, my religious education. (laughs) (laughs) And what was it in particular about the monistic way of life or that order there that attracted you? I suppose the first thing to be said is that I was never what you would call the pious type, by which I mean I wasn't particularly into novenas or pilgrimages or anything of that ilk. But the thing that had gradually kind of snuck up on me was a huge interest in scripture. And it was the idea of having dedicated time for the study of scripture, particularly that attracted me, I think, to the Cistercians. We get up uh, rather early in the morning, Josh, if you're an early bird, but here you get out of your bed between half past three and four o'clock in the morning. Um, so we go to church seven times a day and sing the office all the way through that. So early starts and then busy days. How do you view your, your role in society now, sister? We have probably a greater than average knowledge of scripture and Relating that to the modern world is one of our key things. So we meet people who come here to stay in the guest house or just to visit. Many of them looking for for prayer and looking for some explanation of perhaps a traumatic life event or a deep loss or something of that kind. And, and many people, I think, today, Josh, sadly, you know, they've nowhere to turn when, when the going really gets tough. Last November, 36 men attended a priesthood information weekend at the National Seminary. But if the church wants to grow or even maintain these numbers, what could be done to attract more people to consider this way of life? I'd say the only thing they could do is allow priests to marry and have a family. It would open it up a bit more, but like I wouldn't be wouldn't be tempted. But you, you wouldn't consider a, a so, vocation yourself? No, I don't think. I I can see somewhat of the attraction to it, but it wouldn't be for me. Is there any hope or is there any security for the church going forward? There is, but they'll have to let them get married. They really need to get a reality check. I don't think the church is going to survive at all. And yourself, when you were in school, was there ever any talk or any consideration about putting on the nuns? Are you kidding me? I'm from Kerry, get a grip. No, I'm not into the lady taking over, but 
they really need to change. Even the thing about gay people and everything. Come on, let's get a grip here. Maybe if they kind of advertise themselves a bit more. When was the last time you seen that about that on, on TV? Like an advertising campaign? Yeah, an advertising campaign to get younger, younger lads interested in things like that. Like, it'd be a good thing for them as well. Like get them off the streets. Do you think there are young guys out there that could have a... Yeah, well, there's a bit of a stigma on it, you know. Um, I think the young lads, people want to be footballers, you want to be that, but you have to have priests as well, don't you? You have to christen your kids. You have to do things like that, you know? I would like the old thing, marriage of priests. I think allowing marriage of priests is something that, you know, it's an awful lot for a person to deal with alone if they're... And we've seen it in other religions, and I don't think it necessarily takes away from the role of a priest. So I think that would be probably the most straightforward thing. Celibacy and equal opportunities for all are the main issues that arise time and time again when this topic is discussed. I wanted to hear from Father Vincent and Sister Fikra on what they believe should be done to keep the faith alive. It's quite a complex issue. You know, in the Catholic Church, it does seem like there's a big conversation and an openness when it comes to discussing the the role of, of deacons. And I think the Synod will take up that and it'll be like the voice of Ireland or even the voice of this part of the world will interact with all the other voices of Catholics throughout the world and we'll see where that goes. When it comes to the priesthood, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, not in our lifetime anyway. I think the thing that would make an enormous difference would be if in schools and other places we were to teach people about having a relationship with God rather than teaching either the rules and regulations, if you like, or the, the precepts of the church or all that stuff, which is all very important. But I think that was the huge gap in my own religious education was I was taught so little about either prayer, the practical side of it. If we could do that rather than concentrating on trying to make people go to Mass. You know, Christ came here to our planet to teach us to love one another and to love God. And that's really where we should be starting from. Like, if I could have got married, would that have made it easier for me? I don't know, yeah. That, that would be uh, so something that I would have wanted when I was younger, like the thought of having kids and stuff like that. But idealistically speaking, I understand my priesthood as a gift to God. And, and, and I've received so much from him as gift, including my life and, and hopefully eternal life. Mine is a dedication to God and it's meant to be a signpost then to others that it's worth sacrificing certain things in this life because we see their fulfilment in the world to come. That's the way I see it anyway. It kind of pains me. There has been such a certain amount of exclusion in the church and high handedness and control and heard stories of people, men and women, but I suppose more so women who don't feel welcome in the church and, and that just saddens me a lot. And, and we have to find ways to put the, the great gifts that everybody has into the mix. Like, I think it's like a hurling team, you know, you you have all sorts of different players. Like, I wasn't a marquee forward with silky skills. I was a rough lad in the middle shoving his backside in to try and win a ball and give it to somebody who knew what to do with it. You need all sorts.